Um, Peter prayed for us, uh, with us there uh, for our nation, for our parliament, and I uh, just want to take the opportunity this morning just to remind us all there's still a few days left. You can book yourself in to join us here on Friday morning for our National Parliamentary Prayer Breakfast. If uh, that would be something you're free and able to come to at 7.45 until about 10 o'clock on Friday morning, our local MP will be with us, as will a number of our local councillors, and we simply want to make that opportunity to pray with and pray for our government, pray for our nation, and uh, we'll be joining in with a broadcast from uh, Westminster as we... Uh, as a whole nation, give our focus to seeking God for this next season. So uh, if that's something that you're able to join in with, I appreciate not everyone will be able to, but uh, do book in through the CCBS website and come and join us. Uh, David, would you pop up the first slide for me there, please? Many of you will be following the Euros, the football that is on at the moment, and uh, some of you will probably have watched or at least watched the replay uh, of the incident that happened during Denmark's very first game when um, a footballer called Christian Eriksen suddenly collapsed uh, over at the sideline of the field. His heart stopped, it uh, transpired, and he collapsed. And he was surrounded by his teammates. You could see that the, the focus of the whole game suddenly went from football to oh my goodness, we've lost a friend. We've lost our teammate. He's, not, he's unresponsive. Uh, very quickly, they began CPR. Uh, and you can see there the team were gathering around him, trying to in some way shield him from the, uh, the gaze of the cameras as medics arrived on the scene and they, they desperately tried to get him back again. As I say, they started CPR immediately, um, but a few moments went by before uh, the, the medics turned up with one of these little devices. This is the community church's very own automatic electronic defibrillator, which is about to be replaced on the wall outside because we don't want anybody coming looking for it and for me to have it up here uh, for my own purposes this morning. Uh, so perhaps one of the stewards could come and grab this from me. That would be brilliant. Stuart's on his way. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, it was, it was one of these devices that was deployed very quickly um, at the side of the field, and a single shock from this amazing device, thank you, Stuart, um, was what restarted his heart and got him back again. These little devices that read what's going on in your heart, and if there's no heartbeat whatsoever, then it will, it will give a shock at exactly the right amount of voltage just to, to kickstart that, that heart again into action. Amazing little device, so powerful and absolutely wonderful results. Just imagine how ridiculous it would have been in that moment. This guy's lying on the, on the pitch, no heartbeat, dead, and they turn up with one of these things on the sideline and say, do you want to use this? And the guys go, no, it's, it's all right. We'll just keep going with CPR. But that was having no effect. It would be just so ridiculous. Can you imagine the headlines if somebody turned up with one of these things next to this guy's body and nobody used it? They just let it sit there. In some ways, we've been given an AED, automatic electronic defibrillator. As Christians, we have been given the AED of prayer because our prayers, Scripture tells us, are powerful 
and yield wonderful results. Here's James chapter 5, verse 16. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. It's the AED of the Christian life. Whenever we see a circumstance where God's kingdom is not being manifest, where the work of the enemy is what we can see clearly, we have the AED of prayer to deploy at any moment, at any time, as many times as needed. It doesn't take 15, 20 seconds to recharge. It doesn't take any time to recharge. We can deploy prayer over and over and over again. We're invited to do so. And this scripture tells us that the earnest prayer of the righteous person is powerful and yields or produces wonderful results. Now, some of you may be sitting here this morning. You may be watching at home thinking, well, yeah, that's the righteous person, but I know that that's not me. Well, I simply want to underline just very quickly, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, then he has given you his righteousness. And in the eyes of the heavenly father, you are declared righteous by his standard, by his blood, by all of his lifestyle and obedience. So if you feel that you have missed the mark, as I have missed the mark many times in recent days, in recent weeks, all the time, let's face it, I do not lean on my own righteousness. You do not need to lean on your own righteousness. You can be absolutely confident that you can push the button of prayer. You can appeal to the heavenly father and his power will flow and yield wonderful results every time, every time. A couple of quotes from well-known or perhaps not that well-known individuals, but here's Martin Lloyd-Jones. Prayer in many ways is the supreme expression of our faith in God. It's when we pray, we declare, God, you are able. You are able. It's your power. We need that power to flow from your throne. I can't do it. There is no effect of me putting my hand on a sick person, on a dead person. There is no power in my own voice declaring transformation over a broken circumstance. But when we access the king, and he releases his power, then it is the supreme expression of faith. It is the supreme moment when heaven invades earth, when his power is manifest in front of us. Another one here uh, from Alan Hood, part of the uh, International House of Prayer in Kansas City. He says this, God's government is ruled through intercession or prayer. God loves to be asked. He loves to hear, and he loves to thrill us with his answers. This is what our, our king is like. We have been designed and destined to get answers to prayer, to walk boldly, as we sang there a moment ago, I love that, that hymn, that line, boldly I approach the heavenly throne and claim the crown through Christ my own. We claim the crown of salvation, but we claim also the right through Jesus Christ to have our prayers answered. And we can do so boldly and with expectation because our God has invited us into his throne room, not just to keep us busy, not just something for us to do until eternity comes, but he's invited us to come in and to influence the world around us through his interventions, through his answers to our prayer. This is the, the glory of 
the Christian life. This is what we get to do at all times and at any time. I've been spending a little bit of time in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 this week. I want to commend those, those passages to you. Three chapters, just read them every day. Let the truth that is in them sink into your heart. Because over and over again, it underlines to us the Father's desire to answer our prayer. Here are just a few passages. I don't know if you can see these really clearly. Hopefully you can. Um, but again and again, throughout these three passages, there is this invitation to pray in his name. Jesus is speaking. There in, in chapter 14, he says, ask for anything in my name. The very next verse, he repeats the exact same phrase. Ask for anything in my name. Chapter 15, verse 16, the Father will give you anything you ask for in my name. He will grant your request because you ask in my name. And so it goes on about seven times through these three chapters. It's like God is trying to get our attention again and again. I will hear. I delight to hear your prayer. Come to me in the name of Jesus Christ and you will be heard by me and I delight to answer you. I delight to answer you when you come in my name. Right now, um, Nicola and I are going through a legal process to establish something called a court of protection order, which will enable us to make the necessary financial decisions for the care of Nicola's mum, who's got to be quite infirm. And what that basically does is we will get a document at the end which says Gareth and Nicola McCormick are legally allowed to make financial decisions regarding the sale of her house or the movement of her assets. We are legally allowed to come into a bank or a building society or an estate agent's office and we are allowed to make decisions in her name. It is as if she was standing in front of the people at the bank or the people in the estate agent's office or the, the judge in the courtroom, whoever it may be. And so when we get that document, we can go with confidence in her name and do business on her behalf. And this set of passages from John chapter 14, 15, and 16 is your court order to stand before the King of Kings and in the name of Jesus, as if he was standing there instead of you. Make your requests, present your needs, present the things that you know will reflect his kingdom here on earth. As Sarah was encouraging us to be praying earlier on there for his kingdom to break out amongst us. This is the incredible invitation that we have. We have been designed for this life with answers to prayer. Here's a uh, a short passage from within those three chapters. Here's John chapter 15, verses seven and eight. Jesus again speaking. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, there's that intimacy, there's that, that bond that we have with him. You may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples, and this brings great glory to my Father. Now, we are all about bringing glory to Jesus. We are all about bringing glory to the Father. So it's worth our while finding out what is going to glorify him. Well, the answer very clearly here is that when we come to him in prayer, and he answers our prayer, and there is demonstration of his heart, his kingdom, all around us, that brings him glory. So we can have confidence that we are operating according to his will. 
He has done everything to make us righteous. He has given us the very presence of Jesus. And he invites us as his community to come again and again and again and present our requests. Now, does this mean that every time I open my mouth and pray, every time I will see the immediate answer? No, it doesn't. Not necessarily. On occasion, I, will, I must have that expectation. But as a community, let's not forget the scripture is written to communities as well as to individuals. The expectation is that for us as a community, we will have every day, every week, testimony after testimony of how God answered this prayer and God answered that prayer. And when I, when I experience a need in my own life, I will have this consciousness that within my community, this God is answering and providing and breaking in and bringing transformation and bringing healing and bringing restoration. And I won't have to think too hard to say, well, he did it for so-and-so. He will do it again because it is a revelation of him. It's a revelation of him. These could be all kinds of things from relatively simple things, just a, a personal one from our family situation in the last week. My son is trying to get a, an apprenticeship as a, as a plumber. He's been doing plumbing at, at college for the last two years. And with the COVID outbreak, he has not been able to progress through getting his driving test. Um, it's just been postponed and postponed and postponed and postponed. And there are lots of people looking for apprentices out there, but they all say, must have driving license, must have a driving license. And obviously, he's got to get to the work. And so we're praying into this. And then this week, I happened to see on, uh, on Facebook a, a local guy who was uh, asking and saying, I've, I'm looking for an apprentice. But again, he said, must have a driving license. So I said, Ben, just give him a call. No, no harm. Give him, give him a call. See what he says. And it turns out that he lives four minutes walk from our house. And so provision in answer to prayer. Really, really simple, but very, very, very specific uh, answering a need for our family. I want to show you a picture. I've shared this story on my Facebook page if you want to look at it in more detail. But this lady here had a friend her name's Janice. We've met Janice a couple of times. She's uh, from Kent, a church down in Kent. And her friend had just received a cancer diagnosis. They spent some time together just worshiping Jesus, just in his presence. And she, the, the lady left the time with Janice feeling light, feeling hopeful, feeling joy restored again. And then as it says here, a few days later, the consultant phoned with a sudden request to come back in and discuss the latest results. All the cancer cells have quite simply disappeared, they said. And her friend was discharged with no further requirement for treatment. Now, this is, this is what Jesus does. In his presence, he releases heaven's government into our circumstances. Neil, come on up here, my friend, and just share. I've asked Neil because he was playing guitar this morning. It was convenient. Great plan of the Lord. Tell us a little bit about how you've seen God answer prayer for you. Uh, good morning. Um, so 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with having a varicose vein in my groin area. And it was one of those things where, okay, I could feel it, but it wasn't really bothering me. Um, sort of forgot about it, really. And then um, over the second lockdown, I was trying to get myself fit. And I basically, I overdid it. I strained myself. And I um, made this varicose vein a lot worse. 
and suddenly found myself in a lot of pain. Um, so I had some time off work. I went to the doctors who prescribed me some strong painkillers and I was uh, taking cocodamol um, every day, which meant that I could work and sleep. Um, I couldn't do much else. I was pretty much lying on my back the whole time and uh, Ruth had to do everything with the children because I couldn't do anything. It was really debilitating and, and pretty horrible. Um, and you can bet I prayed a lot during that time. And um, I asked uh, lots of people to pray for me. So thank you to everyone who was praying for me. Um, I also booked some prayer, healing prayer on Zoom from a few places. And um, I had a, uh, a session from Eastgate Church in Kent, and they prayed for me on Zoom. And I could feel the presence of God with me, and I, I could feel that something had changed in my body, but I couldn't quite tell what had actually changed. Um, but they told me after the session, just spend time in God's presence and just continue to rest in his presence. So I did that. And as I laid down, I could feel um, like the Holy Spirit was just doing stuff in my body. And I could feel um, like my muscles being pulled in and adjustments happening in that area it was it was very weird but it was exciting it I, the only way I can describe it was like the Holy Spirit was doing an operation on my body as I just lay there and it, this took about five ten minutes and um and then that time when the cocoa wore off instead of the pain coming back on it didn't I didn't have that pain again which was such a relief it was amazing and I still had aching muscles and weak muscles in that area but nothing like what I was experiencing before. And then, and then two and a half weeks later, the, my doctor had booked me in for a scan, but it took a few weeks to come around. And um, the scan confirmed that the varicose vein wasn't there anymore. It was completely gone. <laughs> yeah. Which is impossible. Varicose veins can't go by themselves without surgery. It's a total miracle. God did a, God did a miracle. Um, so, so then we put Izzy in for uh, our daughter Isabel in for prayer as well because she had been diagnosed with what they call a non-IgE allergy, which is basically food intolerance. So she couldn't have egg, dairy, onion, garlic, and fruit, certain fruits as well. We had to be very careful. And if she ate the wrong thing, she would have um, griping tummy pains and have difficulty sleeping. Um, and we, we had medicine for her, but over lockdown, the medicine had run out, and you can't get it very easily in this country. So basically, she, even though we were being careful with her, uh, what she ate, um, she was still having tummy pains and, uh, at night and things. So we put her in for prayer, and um, she got healed. And the, 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 the tummy pains stopped, and then we started to... No medicine, and we started to introduce foods that she couldn't have before and uh, long story short she's now eating pizza cheese egg croissants hummus all sorts so um yeah god's done two really significant healings in our family this year so i'm just so grateful to god fantastic to go with you that's brilliant that's brilliant absolutely brilliant absolutely brilliant and i want to just draw your attention to this little verse that's tucked away towards the end of Psalm 119, 
where the psalmist says, I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. The psalmist is speaking to God, and he says, these are your testimonies. So what you just heard is a story from Neil, but it's a testimony of God. What you just heard from this lady whose friend was declared completely cancer-free in Kent is a testimony of God. The provision for our family in the last week or so is a testimony of God. And these things are your inheritance, our inheritance forever. It's not, this is Neil's story, oh, he must be amazing. No, God's amazing, and his character never changes. And so whatever your need when you hear a testimony, this is why I say I want us so much as a community to be a, a community that is filled with testimony, little testimonies through to crazy testimonies. Let's face it, it is just as miraculous when God takes away an achy toe as he does when he takes away cancer cells from someone's body. I cannot do that. I cannot, if you have an achy toe here this morning, I cannot do that by touching your toe but the almighty God can. And he is the same God who will do surgery on Neil in a moment and take away a varicose vein. He is that same God. Just wherever you are this morning at home, if you recognize there is a need in your body, in a family member, in, your, in a life circumstance, just hold it before the Lord. And recognize what you've just heard is a t are testimonies about him, about his power, his love, his glory. Do you need that for yourself, for your circumstances? Jesus, in your name, in your name, we say, do it. Do what our hearts are longing for. Break in, bring restoration, restore relationships, bring healing, restore hearing. Restore brokenness, bring hope, destroy cancer. You just add whatever it is that you are looking for that, that represents his kingdom here on earth. Fill in the blank and stand before the throne of God with confidence as you come in the name of Jesus, the perfect one. And let's build a huge history of testimony through this congregation so that whoever we're talking to at the school gate over the fence, that whenever someone expresses a need or a brokenness in their lives, we can say, I have seen God do that. I've got a story to tell you because so-and-so in my church or online, wherever you hear it, it's a testimony of the Lord. It's a testimony of his nature. And we can bring that release into people's lives. It's of course, I'm going to finish in a second because we need to. Our kids are waiting, I'm sure. It's so easy to only pray when we've got a problem. And God is gracious. He answers. But I just want to say to us all this morning, I believe his provocation to us as we look to this next season is to let vision fuel our prayer life even more than need fuels our prayer life. Because he tells us, when he teaches his disciples to pray, he says, on earth as it is in heaven. And we are instructed and invited, therefore, to look to heaven's blueprint and to say, what's it, what are the possibilities in, from heaven's perspective for our community, for our family? I've been reading a little book 
recently called The Divine Reset. Not a very um, original title. Let's face it, everybody who writes books in this last year or so has written something about The Reset. But a great little book, a great little book called The Divine Reset by a church leader in the north of England called Jared Cooper. And what, one of the things that I found in this book is this, this little picture, a visionary statement of what he is looking and what he's dreaming with God for his church to be in this next season. So let this begin to fuel your prayers for what our community is going to look like in this next season. Here we go. I'll just read it to us quickly. I think. Here we go. I dream of a church filled with God's magnificent glory. Her members are adventurers, not mere attenders. Her leaders are releasers, not containers, equippers, not superstars. Her children are powerful, not merely babysat or redundant. Her youth are leaders, strong in word, purity, and deed. Her attitude is kingdom, not self-preservation or self-promotion. Her heart is generous, giving until it hurts, preferring others beyond themselves. Her worship is passionate and filled with encounter, not mere song singing. Her prayers are fervent, not apathetic. They are effective and authoritative. Her influence transforms nations, politics, laws, businesses, medicine, education, the arts, the media, morality, and the family. She innovates with fresh ideas and strategies to transform the world. She leads. She does not follow. She amplifies the message of the gospel. She clarifies Christ's call to discipleship. She exemplifies the unmatched love of God. She is filled with miracles, signs, wonders, healings, deliverances, and joy. Her services are presence-filled, powerful, challenging, and Jesus-focused. She is clean and clear in a world of moral filth and confusion. She is gracious to the hurting and sin-bound. Everything she touches is made clean. Her Lord is Jesus. Her power is the Spirit. Her love is of the Father. This is the church I'm dreaming of. How about you? How about you? Are we going to let things like this fuel our prayers as we stand in His name before the throne and say, God, on earth as it is in heaven? This is the invitation. Let's just, if you're in the room, stand with me. We're going to pray. We're going to close but Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you that Lord, through you, all things are possible. You have invited us to step into this incredible intimacy, this incredible place of divine power. Lord God, you have given us prayer as a weapon, as an automatic electronic defibrillator to bring to any situation and release the power of your kingdom to see your glory on the earth. And Lord Jesus, we, your church, want to live expectant lives, ready to see your glory released, ready to see lives transformed, ready to see this town set on fire by you as we give ourselves to prayer, as we give ourselves to seeing your kingdom come and your will done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty, beautiful name. Amen.